In the second half of the show, we'll explore the history of each location, the story of the Great America in each city and town along our route. What does it mean to be a Great America on the local level? Was it when a city prospered? When a new business came to town? During a time of civil unrest? Before Western civilization arrived? Resident historian Tom Przelski is here to tell us what made this place great. Tom Przelski is a Tucson native whose family roots in southern Arizona extend back to the 18th century. He worked for both the Pasquayaki tribe and the Tohono O'odham Nation before serving three terms in the Arizona House of Representatives. He was the Pima County historian, and his writings on Arizona history, politics, and culture have appeared in multiple publications. He is the author of California Lancers, the first battalion of Native cavalry in the Far West, 1863 to 1866. More importantly, Tom is our resident historian. Well, hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hello, Laura. It's great to be here. In which time period was it a great America in Phoenix? Well, Phoenix boom as a city and probably it its heyday was really between about 1950 and 1980 when it went from a fairly small city to one of the largest cities in the United States. Really phenomenal and unprecedented growth spurt that, that occurred that really still baffles a lot of sociologists. What made it great? Not only was it this period of remarkable growth, but it had also become a big draw for corporations, largely who had located there in World War II, but expanded tremendously. Afterward, corporations like Motorola and the Dial Company had their headquarters in Phoenix. And it, it really seemed like the growth was going to continue forever. Phoenix went from being about 17 square miles to about 500 square miles during this period of time. And in terms of its population, it increased tenfold. And not only that, but basically people came to Phoenix looking for the Midwestern American dream of picket fences and such. And it just seemed that anybody who moved to Phoenix was going to succeed in that regard. So that was the dream of Phoenix in those days. Who was included in that great America? Well, Phoenix was a really great place for people who moved there from other places. It was a place where basically, at one point, there were far more jobs there than people, and it just seemed that you could go there and be whatever you wanted to be. People were starting businesses. They'd start small and they'd get big. So it was this place of boundless opportunity for a lot of people. It was a place where that traditional American Horatio Alger dream of starting from nothing and then building an empire could come true. I mean, there were stories about someone going there with a few used cars and then becoming a big time car dealer or whatever. That, that was what Phoenix was about. Who was excluded from that great America? Folks who were excluded were largely ethnic minorities. Phoenix sold itself as the all-American city. That was intentional to contrast itself with places like Tucson that basically had a very kind of Mexican-American past. Phoenix was founded by Americans, and it was an American city. So what tended to be ignored were these other communities that were well-established in Phoenix, including, of course, a Mexican-American community, a very prominent African-American community, and an Asian-American community. I mean, there's stories of Phoenix in this era actually having Japanese gardens and such. 
that was very much written out of the, the story that the city fathers in Phoenix were writing about the city because they were trying to attract certain people to come to Phoenix. What happened ultimately, of course, was because of these communities were excluded toward the fringes, sometimes in, in shanty towns and such, they became very well organized and there was a lot of solidarity among those groups. And so by the end of this period, by the, the 70s and 80s, you start seeing a lot of political leadership coming out of those communities. People like Alfredo Gutierrez and Ed Pastor and Cloves Campbell coming out of those communities and becoming the new leadership in Phoenix, despite the segregation that they endured before. How does that tie into current day? The old order in Phoenix really collapsed in the 80s. There was a political machine called the Phoenix 40 that maintained a certain order in Phoenix for that whole period. But their hold on Phoenix politics started to break down as these other communities that I talked about earlier, the African-American community, the Mexican-American community, started to get a piece of political representation. And you started to have very different leadership in Phoenix, leadership that started to be concerned about how the city was growing, where they were going to get their water water being a, the, the limiting factor for growth in the Southwest, and also concerned about making an economy that included more people. So that's where the, the old order in Phoenix started to end. And Phoenix is still a very prosperous city. It's a very different kind of city. It has a very different character. And it's basically, it's no longer run by these old machines that worked for the city in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. but wouldn't really work now and really wouldn't fit in with kind of modern sensibilities of how our urban areas are supposed to be run and how they're supposed to develop. Well, Tom, thanks so much for being on the show. See you next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In Search of the Great America. Today's episode had music by Valentin Sochnitsky. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. For show notes and more information on the podcast, please visit our website, greatamericaproject.com. Thank you.